You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, your ultimate resource for high-achieving professional women. I'm your host, Michelle Broad, a certified women's health, adult nurse practitioner, and hormone expert. As a proud daughter, wife, mama, and nana of two, I understand the importance of balancing success in your career with your personal well-being. In this empowering podcast, we're dedicated to fueling your ambition and prioritizing your health. Join us as we dive into achieving a harmonious blend of career excellence and personal wellness. Say goodbye to overwhelming jargon and complex science. We'll provide practical insights and actionable advice in an approachable, non-judgmental manner. Tune in and embark on a transformative journey towards a healthier, more vibrant you. Ladies, it's time to take charge of your health and career like never before and empower yourself to thrive. All right, ladies. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast. And we've been, you know, just talking about a lot of women's health issues that deal specifically with women these last several episodes and really kind of getting off or away from a little bit talking about the stress of being a professional woman and just diving into some general topics that affect, you know, all women, all busy women, professional, you know, non-professional moms, all the people that, you know, call themselves women or identify as a woman. So last week, a couple weeks ago, first one in episode 218, we talked about stronger bones. And then in episode 219, which was last week, we talked about your guide to breast health. So we're trying to hit topics that really are specific and that hit women harder than they do, male perspectives, okay? So today we're going to continue that talk and we're going to be talking about autoimmune disease and preventative strategies. So we're going to explore why these conditions are on the rise, you know, which women are most susceptible, the top autoimmune diseases affecting women and practical tips for prevention. So here's the thing ladies, autoimmune diseases are becoming increasingly prevalent especially in women. So it begs us to ask the question, you know, why? You know, what is going on? So during my research, I've been finding out a lot of different things because you know that I love to research stuff. So one of the key factors is the role of hormones, specifically progesterone, which can influence the immune system's response. Additionally, genetics and environmental triggers play a significant role in this rise as well. So we see that progesterone, one of the primary female sex hormones, it plays a significant role in modulating the immune system's response. So estrogen so progesterone helps with our immune system, okay? And when we see the decline of progesterone, especially, you know, in different phases of our life, we also see that the, our immune response can also be affected during those different times of our life, okay? It's important to understand the relationship between progesterone and the immune system. And it is complex and it's, multi, and it's multifaceted. But let's go over a few ways of how progesterone can influence the immune system's response. Not getting into too much of a sciencey thing, but trying to show you how your hormones affect different parts of your life. Okay? So immune system regulation. Progesterone receptors are present on various immune cells, including T cells, B cells, and macrophages. These are cells that help your body fight things. Okay? So when estrogen binds to these receptors, it can either enhance or suppress immune responses, depending on the context of what's going on in your body. In some situations, progesterone can enhance the immune system's response. For example, during pregnancy, when progesterone levels are high, the immune system becomes more effective to protect the developing fetus from infections. 
However, on the flip side of this, progesterone's influences on your immune system can also increase the risk of autoimmune disease in certain individuals. So autoimmune diseases occur, ladies, when our immune system mistakenly targets and attacks our own body's tissues. Progesterone's declining effects on immune cells can lead to increased inflammation and immune activation, which may contribute to the development or exacerbation of autoimmune conditions. So look at, when we look at and we talk about gender differences, here's where we're talking about it. Progesterone and estrogen levels fluctuate significantly through a, throughout a woman's life, okay, particularly during puberty, the menstrual cycle, pregnancy, and menopause. These hormonal changes can affect the immune system's response, making us women more susceptible to certain autoimmune diseases compared to men. Okay. Women are indeed more susceptible to autoimmune diseases compared to men, and this is susceptible and this susceptibility can be, can be attributed can be attributed to a combination of genetic, hormonal, and healthcare related factors. So now I want to dive into and look at why some women are more are more vulnerable to autoimmune disease. Okay, I've got my coffee here, taking a few sips, and then we're going to kind of get into this just for a second. And we're going to talk about genetic predisposition. Okay. Okay. So genetic factors play a crucial role in autoimmune disease susceptibility. If a woman has a family history of autoimmune conditions, her risk of developing one is higher than a woman who doesn't have any genetic predispositions. Certain genes are associated with an increased susceptibility to autoimmune disease. These genes may affect how the immune system functions, making some individuals more prone to autoimmune disease changes. So now I want to talk about hormonal changes, okay? Because these happen a lot during a woman's life, much more so than they happen in men's life, okay? So first of all, puberty. The onset of puberty is a time of significant hormonal changes in girls. These hormonal fluctuations can affect the immune system and may contribute to the development of autoimmune disease. For example, the increased estrogen levels during puberty can influence immune response, okay? Next, the menstrual cycle. The menstrual cycle involves hormonal fluctuations, particularly with estrogen and progesterone levels. And we've talked about this several times during the podcast, and we've gone, we've talked about the menstrual cycle a lot. So ladies, these fluctuations can impact the immune system's function and may explain why some autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis tend to worsen during certain phases of a woman's menstrual cycle. Pregnancy is also characterized by a shift in the maternal immune system to tolerate the developing fetus. However, this shift can also lead to alterations in immune systems in your immune system's response that affect autoimmune diseases. Some autoimmune diseases like multiple sclerosis may improve during pregnancy but worsen after childbirth because we have a high level of progesterone going on during pregnancy which helps our immune system to really bone up, okay? It bones up because whether we want to think about it like this or not, the fetus is an outside source in our bodies. And so our immune response is going to go up to help protect that fetus from our own bodies, rejecting it or other things like that. Then we have menopause, okay? These hormonal changes that occur during menopause, particularly the decline in progesterone levels, can impact our immune system. This hormonal shift may contribute to the onset or exacerbation of autoimmune diseases in some women. So we're seeing a lot of perimenopause and menopausal women 
really start to develop autoimmune diseases in those brackets, in those age groups, because we're seeing that when the, when the progesterone levels are starting to decline, okay, and that hormonal shift is causing the immune system, the protection, so to speak, from progesterone, then we're seeing those susceptibilities to get autoimmune disease. If it's been there and underlying, or we have a genetic predisposition, we're seeing that those are starting to show up more. And we're seeing a lot more autoimmune disease in those age groups of perimenopause and, and perimenopause and menopause, both. So just to be aware of that. Okay. So also we may like it or we may not like it, but there is a gender bias in healthcare that can lead to diagnostic delays for some women with autoimmune disease. I'm not saying that it happens all the time, but there is. Some symptoms may be, dismay, may be dismissed or attributed to other causes leading to delayed diagnosis and treatments. So, you know, part of my being on this, been this big bandwagon of wanting you to be your number one self-care hero is because a lot of times in medicine, and I practice every day, so I see it, and so I can talk about it, and I'm going to call it out. Some women are sometimes, you know, we're put off on the back burner, even by, not only just by ourselves, but by our own healthcare system. You know, we're looked at as boobs and vagina, okay, like those two things, and a lot of the other stuff gets neglected. Or when women come in and they complain about, I feel fatigued, I'm tired, I'm having brain fog, all of these other things, you know, we're, you know, kind of brushed aside like, oh, that's just, you know, that's just a woman. Okay. It's just, it's that time of the month. How many times have we heard, you know, throughout our lifetimes, oh, are you on your period? You know, because it's a, it's a running joke out there, but it's not really a running joke when these things are happening to you. Okay. And a lot of times, because we have things that like when you get lab testing and you get other stuff done, and I've told this to, it's so funny because I've been talking to a lot of um, women this past couple of weeks in my practice back in California still. And, you know, they have all these symptoms, all the lab work is run and the lab work comes back. Okay. And they're sitting there thinking, okay, I'm crazy. So my response to them is this, just like my response to, is going to be to you. You are not crazy. Okay. Your hormones fluctuate on a daily basis. If you're still having cycles. Okay. Even if you are menopausal, you still have some hormones going on and things in our bodies fluctuate. So we take lab work and lab work ladies is a snapshot of what is going on in your body that day that you get the blood work done. Okay. The only thing that really tells of a snapshot of two months prior is a hemoglobin A1C, which is looking for diabetes. Okay. So we would have to draw your blood on a daily basis with all of your stuff going on. We'd have to look at your cortisol on a daily basis. We'd have to look at your hormones on a daily basis, your thyroid function on a daily basis, everything changes on a daily basis for us. Okay. As it does for men too, but not as significant of a degree for them because they are predominantly testosterone and they're stable throughout their month. They don't go up and down with their cycles like how we do. All right. So we would have to look at every single day and it's just an impossibility to do that with blood work or just an impossibility to have you go to the lab every single day. So just because your lab work comes back showing things are normal, doesn't mean that you are not experiencing those things that you're feeling. You are feeling those and you are experiencing them. And yes, sometimes, yes, they can be normal depending on your life situation, but a lot of times they are not normal. So if you feel that they are not normal and you're being told that they are, and you're being brushed off because everything appears to be normal, then find somebody who's going to dig deeper. Come ask me, come look for my help, you know, take our course, 
employ me because I am the person who's going to dig and look at other factors because ladies, here's the, here's the deal. And I tell these women also, we have about 15 minutes per patient. Okay. We are expected to see about 30 to 40 people a day. There is no way in hell that you can actually analyze a person, everything that is going on and asking all the questions that need to be asked in a matter of 10 minutes to find out what is really, truly, maybe at the root cause of what is going on in somebody's health. Okay. There's just, it's, that's an impossibility. So Western medicine is designed to be symptomatically approached. So you come in for a headache. We look for that. Okay. We treat that. That's it. We're not looking down the line. We're not looking up the line and we're not looking down the line to see, Hey, what are some other, what may be other causes causing this? It's you come in, we do the testing, we give you some medication and send you on your way. Is it an optimal system? Absolutely not, but it's a system that we have. So we have to respect it for what it is, but we also have to understand that it's up to us to be our number one self-care hero and understand our own bodies and be willing to be educated on our bodies and to help ourselves. And when we feel that we are not getting the treatment that we really need, not that it's get, it's bad treatment that we're getting, but it's just not looking at all of the different things, then it is up to you, the person, the woman, me, you, to go and find other people that will sit with us and help us try to unlock and look closer and find the actual root cause to what is going on. Because sometimes it's life that is causing those problems. Okay. Sometimes it's us that are causing our own problems and we just have to have somebody else on the outside, take a look and evaluate all the parameters. Okay. And that's what we have to do. We have to look at our health from a 3000 foot view, ladies, the totality of it all, not just bits and pieces. And that's what I do. So if you're looking for that type of care, then I encourage you to send me a DM on Instagram. Come look at our course, our Empower our Empower Her Wellness course, because we talk about and address all these different things in there. So I'd love to work with you if that's something that you would like to do. Okay. So getting back to the content, it's important, ladies, to note that autoimmune diseases are complex and they're multifactorial, just like what I was talking about. Multifactorial means from many factors. While these factors increase susceptibility, they don't guarantee that an individual will develop an autoimmune condition. Actually, and additionally, not all women with these risk factors will develop autoimmune diseases. And like I said, men can also be affected by these conditions, but we see autoimmune disease much more in women and we see it in the rise of women and we see it younger and we're seeing it in older women getting much more autoimmune diseases. So let's take a closer look at some of the top autoimmune disease affecting women. Okay. So grab a cup of coffee, grab your tea, take a sip, and we're going to go into it in a second. Okay. So rheumatoid arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease that particularly affects the joints. It occurs, ladies, when this immune system mistakenly attacks your synovium. That means the lining of the membranes that surround your joints. Symptoms can include joint pain, swelling, stiffness, and reduced joint mobility. Rheumatoid arthritis often affects multiple joints on both sides of your body. Then we have lupus. We have systemic lupus erythematis. Lupus is a chronic autoimmune disease that can affect various parts of the body, including the skin, joints, kidneys, heart, and your brain. It is characterized by periods of flares and remissions. Symptoms, lupus symptoms may vary widely, and they may include joint pain, skin rashes, that butterfly rash on the face is a common one, fatigue, fever, and it can even involve organ involvement. 
Symptoms can range from mild to severe, depending on the person. Then we go into MS, which is multiple sclerosis. It's a chronic autoimmune disease that affects a certain <clears throat> the central nervous system, including your brain and the spinal cord. It occurs when the immune system attacks the, the protective covering of the nerve fibers called myelin. Symptoms of MS may vary, but they often include fatigue, difficulty walking, muscle weakness, numbness, and problems with coordination and balance. Symptoms can come and go for, and, or, they can, or they can worsen over time. Okay. Then we have Hashimoto's. Hashimoto's thyroiditis is an autoimmune condition that targets your thyroid gland, leading to chronic inflammation and interference with thyroid hormone production. Some of the common symptoms include fatigue, weight gain, sensitivity to cold, dry skin, and muscle weakness. As the thyroid hormone levels drop, it can cause hypothyroidism. So here it is, ladies. Reducing the risk of developing autoimmune disease involves a multifaceted approach that includes lifestyle choices and strategies aimed at maintaining a healthy immune system. So those were just the top ones that I talked about. So we talked about rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, MS, and Hashimoto's. Those are the top four autoimmune diseases that affect women. And we are seeing Hashimoto's on the rise like none other. We are also seeing a rise in lupus, not so much in rheumatoid arthritis or MS, but we are seeing those. But the top ones that we're seeing a rise in are definitely Hashimoto's and lupus. So now I want to talk about tips in detail that can help you as a woman reduce your risk. And some of these you know because these aren't always on my soapbox. Adopting a healthy diet, okay? Anti-inflammatory foods. So I want you to, whether you have an autoimmune disease or not, you need to incorporate foods rich in anti-inflammatory properties into your diet, ladies, because whether, like I said, you have it or you don't, we need to be reducing inflammation. And inflammation comes from the pure fact of stress. And we've talked about this before, and most of us have some stress. So fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and fatty fish, salmon, or mackerel. These foods provide antioxidants and essential nutrients that support your immune health. Omega-3 fatty acids. Omega-3 fatty acids found in fish, flax seeds, and walnuts have anti-inflammatory properties that can help reduce the immune response. Limit processed foods. So minimize consumption of processed foods, sugary snacks, and trans fats as they can promote inflammation and those things can weaken your immune function. So we want to help our immune function to properly do its job, not be over the top or under the bottom, okay? Excessive alcohol and caffeine can disrupt the immune system. Consume these beverages in moderation, okay? And of course, managing stress. You know I talked about it earlier and I talk about it all the time. Practicing stress reduction techniques such as mindfulness, meditation, deep breathing, exercises, yoga, or Tai Chi. These activities, ladies, can help lower stress hormones that can affect your immune system. Prioritizing quality sleep. Again, sleep to support overall well-being. Aim for seven to nine hours of uninterrupted sleep per night to allow your body to repair and regenerate because that's when you repair and regenerate is when you're sleeping. Now, let's get into one that has to do with our businesses, time management. Effectively manage your time, ladies, and responsibilities to reduce chronic stress. Learn to delegate tasks when possible and get and set realistic goals, okay? Again, get regular exercise, moderate intensity exercise, such as brisk walking, swimming, or cycling. 
Exercise can help regulate the immune system, reduce inflammation, and improve overall health. Strength training. We talked about this in a couple episodes before. Incorporate strength training exercises to maintain muscle mass as you're getting older, especially through the perimenopause and menopause. It helps with bone health and metabolic function. So, And then you want to do this also, ladies. You want to have a balanced routine. Strive for a balanced exercise routine that includes cardiovascular strength, strength training, and flexibility exercises. If you need to, consult with a fitness professional for guidance tailored to your specific needs. Then I want you to maintain a strong support system, no matter what, no matter what, whether you have illness or not. Social connections, ladies, are immensely important. So you want to build and nurture strong social connections with friends, family, and support groups. Having a reliable support system can provide emotional support during stressful times. Share your feelings and concerns with trusted individuals in these networks. Open communication can reduce stress and improve emotional well-being. And also, open communication around, around what is going on in our lives. Whether we talk to people about our, you know, people say, oh, I don't want to talk to other people about my sickness. I don't want them to know that I'm ill. Well, you know what, ladies, maybe your illness or what you're going through can help somebody else. So think about it that way. You're sharing a gift with somebody else when you talk to them about what's going on with you or what's worked for you or what didn't work for you. Maybe you're saving somebody else some time, but going down the wrong road, or maybe you're helping them, you know, find something that could help them too. So don't be selfish in talking with people about what's going on in your life. Okay. Then when it comes to your healthcare team, I want you to maintain regular checkups with your healthcare providers and specialists as needed. An informed and supportive medical team can help manage your health effectively. And if you don't have one that's informed and you don't have one that is supportive of you and helping you do what you need to do, then friends, you better find a new one. Okay. I want you to get regular health screenings. Screen for autoimmune diseases. If you have a family history of autoimmune diseases or experiencing symptoms, discuss your concerns with your healthcare provider because ladies, early detection and intervention can be crucial in managing these conditions. Then I want you to avoid exposure to environmental triggers. Minimize exposures to environmental toxins and pollutants as much as possible, such as smoking, secondhand smoke, and harmful chemicals. These factors can contribute to autoimmune disease risk, or if you have an autoimmune disease, it can also help wrap up your immune system or decline your immune system and make things worse. Okay, so now we have some questions, as always, from our audience, and Rachel M. asks... Can you explain the link between hormonal birth control and autoimmune diseases? Okay. So Rachel, hormonal birth control can affect your immune system, potentially increasing your risk of an autoimmune disease in some women. However, more research is needed to fully understand this connection. So we are seeing that sometimes with birth control, it can affect our immune system. The estrogen, because it's synthetic, and the progesterone, because it's synthetic, can play a factor. But we don't have enough research to fully understand if there's a true 100% connection, okay, or if that's it. Because here's the fact, like people ask me, you know, if I take hormones after I go through menopause, is that breast cancer? Well, if hormones were the cause of breast cancer, then we would all have breast cancer as women because we have hormones our entire life. So for some women, yes, and other women, no. The same thing with birth control. It can sometimes make things worse or sometimes it can make things better, but we don't fully understand the connection. So we're not saying that if you take birth control, oh my God, it's going to lead to an autoimmune disease. That's not true. Okay. So Meredith C. asked, 
Is there a specific diet that can help prevent autoimmune diseases? Yes, we talked about it earlier. While no single one diet can prevent prevention, ladies, a balanced diet that is rich in fruits, vegetables, and omega-3 fatty acids may support and help immune health. So yes, there are things that you can do to just overall help yourself. Jackie G says, what role does stress play in autoimmune disease development? Okay. So we talk about this a lot. Chronic stress, Jackie, can weaken your immune system. We already know that. Potentially contributing to the development of autoimmune diseases. So you want to manage stress through mindfulness and relaxation techniques, meditation, through journaling or anything, getting out, doing light exercises, walking. But we do know that stress increases inflammation and inflammation down-regulates our immune system. And when our immune system is down, autoimmune diseases have their opportunity to creep in and do their thing. Margot V says, are there any natural remedies that can help manage autoimmune symptoms? Okay. All right. So the answer is for, here's the thing. Some individuals find relief through natural remedies, like, you know, you can do turmeric or probiotics, but it's specifically essential to consult with your healthcare provider, Margot, um, to know exactly what autoimmune disease you have. Okay, if there's medications that you need to be taking, because if there's medications that you need to be taking, you need to watch what um, supplements that you're taking that they don't counteract that. And or you need to find out if, depending on the severity of your symptoms, are supplements the way to go first. And sometimes supplements and lifestyle mod, you know, modifications and different things are the way to go, but you need to consult with your healthcare provider first. So always talk to them first or talk to a doctor of naturopathic medicine or whoever and kind of see which way you need to go. All right. So here's the thing, ladies. You know, I'm reminded of the strength and resilience that women possess every day in the face of autoimmune challenges or just in the challenges of just being a woman and being a professional woman and trying to do all the things that we do. While autoimmune diseases can be complex and challenging, I want you to know there is hope and there is always power in knowledge. That's why we're here. We're here with this podcast to give you knowledge. So we've explored how autoimmune diseases are on the rise in women due to various factors, including genetics, hormonal changes, gender biases, and healthcare. We've also dived into the top autoimmune diseases affecting women, and we've given practical tips for different prevention strategies. But here's the key takeaway, ladies. Despite the risk and uncertainties women have, the ability to take control of their health. So let me read that again. Despite the risk and uncertainties, we as women, we have the ability to take control of our health by adopting a healthy lifestyle, managing stress, seeking support, and staying informed. You are not only reducing the risk of autoimmune diseases, but you're also empowering yourself to live vibrant, fulfilling lives. Okay. And I want you to remember that you are not alone on this journey. Reach out to me. I'm always here to help you. Reach out to healthcare professionals that you trust. Reach out to support groups and or loved ones for guidance and encouragement. Autoimmune diseases may test your strength, ladies, but they cannot define your worth or your potential. So I want us to move forward with determination, optimism, and a commitment to self-care and to becoming our number one self-care heroes. Because by doing so, we can rewrite the narrative of autoimmune health for women. And not just autoimmune health, but health in general for women. Together, ladies, we can foster a brighter, healthier future. So I want you to just think about all this. That together, we can foster a brighter, healthier future. Okay? So I want to thank you for joining me today. And I want you, until we meet again next week, to embrace your strength, honor your well-being, 
and continue thriving no matter the challenges that come your way. You've got this. And as I always say, may God richly bless your life and bye for now.